It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. It's shoplifting on steroids. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. Juvenile crime in this country is out of control. Reporter Christopher Cruz tells us what happened last night in Pennsylvania's largest city. Groups of teenagers swarmed into stores in Philadelphia's center city last night, stuffing plastic bags with merchandise among the stores targeted Apple, Lululemon, and Foot Locker. More than 100 mass teens were involved in the looting and ransacking interim police commissioner John Stanford. we have is a bunch of criminal opportunists take advantage of a situation and make an attempt to destroy our city. 20 teens were arrested. Dozens more got away. Correspondent Miguel Almaguer. These kinds of smash and grab crimes have become all too common, forcing a growing number of retailers to try to combat the thefts. Target says it's closing nine stores nationwide due to organized retail theft. A store in Harlem, along with three in San Francisco, three in Portland, and two in Seattle, will be shutting down in late October, just before the busy holiday shopping season. Target says it's becoming just too dangerous to keep those stores open. Retailers are experiencing unprecedented levels of theft, crime, and violence in their stores. David Johnston with the National Retail Federation says shoplifters have become increasingly violent toward employees and customers. Target joins Walgreens, Walmart, and Nordstrom in shutting down stores due to theft. Former President Donald Trump will do today what his successor did yesterday, join striking auto workers in Detroit. Trump showing solidarity with the UAW in Michigan instead of attending tonight's GOP debate in California. Political analyst Amy Dacey says that union vote is an attractive get in presidential politics. We're seeing what seems to be a general election debate happening in Michigan this week, where you have the front runners and and both the parties really talking to an electorate, talking in a state that will certainly matter in a general election. Seven GOP presidential candidates will be on stage tonight, minus Trump, debating the issues at the Reagan Presidential Library. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis hopes to jumpstart his campaign with a strong showing this evening. The time for talking is over. I look at the border situation. I look at the budget situation. These are issues that Republicans have been talking about for for decades, and yet they still persist. I'm the only guy running that can say, everything I promised my voters I would do, I deliver. The GOP debate starts at 9 o'clock. You can watch it on Fox or the Fox Business Channel. Donald Trump got some bad news yesterday when a New York judge ruled he deceived investors by overvaluing his assets. My name's Donald Trump, and I'm the largest real estate developer in New York. I own buildings all over the place. Those buildings include the signature Trump Tower. The judge found Trump reported his residence there was 30,000 square feet, even though it's actually around 11,000 square feet, ultimately exaggerating its worth by as much as $207 million. Correspondent Scott McFarland, Trump calls the fraud case a partisan witch hunt by New York Attorney General Tish James, who campaigned for that office with one goal in mind, according to the ex-president. Her only goal is we got to get Donald Trump. We're going to get him. New Jersey Congressman Jeff Van Drew. Donald Trump is not being prosecuted 
He's being persecuted. New York's AG seeking a quarter billion dollars in fines and sanctions. That case heads to trial next week. Hollywood writers are writing again. Their 148-day work stoppage ended yesterday when the Writers Guild approved a new three-year contract. We are thrilled because we got so much of what we wanted. Like, it's overwhelming. The new deal includes, among other things, a pay hike and protections against the use of artificial intelligence. The standoff at a stand and still on Capitol Hill. Four million federal workers risk not getting paid as soon as this weekend due to a looming government shutdown. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy still holding out hope that a deal can get done. The House will continue to act and lead to make this happen. We will move a continuing resolution to secure our border and keep government open. But that continuing resolution has no chance in the Senate. NBC's Kristen Welker. A small group of hardline Republicans are demanding deep spending cuts, blocking more aid to Ukraine. They want to tighten border security. Republicans feel like they have public opinion on their side there, but many of these issues are just non-starters for Democrats. So we could really see a messaging war start to unfold. And adding fuel to all of this fire, you have former President Trump on the sidelines encouraging far-right conservatives to shut down the government if they don't get their demands met. The deadline to reach a deal midnight Saturday. For the third straight year, real median incomes in this country are down. The average family take-home pay just shy of $75,000 last year, which is lower by nearly 2.5% from the previous year. Incomes in 2020 dipped by nearly 5% from their peak in 2019. Cheryl Cassoni with Fox Business. Americans are dealing with the impact of inflation and everyday goods costing more money. Kitchen table issues, that is what Americans, voters care about. A new study by Bloomberg News and the Federal Reserve Bank out of San Francisco Francisco shows 80% of Americans have less cash today than they did before COVID. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has declared an invasion at the southern border. He argues the Biden administration's forced him to act on his own in order to protect the citizens of Texas. There is a war going on on the border, and that war is between Texas and the United States of America. It's outrageous. Abbott vows to escalate efforts to repel and turn back migrants who try to enter Texas illegally. The invasion declaration comes at a time of unprecedented border crossings. Last week, a line of migrants stretched more than five miles near the Texas-Mexico border. Folks trying to get into this country unlawfully. Horrific news from overseas. A huge fire at a wedding party in northern Iraq has claimed more than 100 lives. Experts blame fireworks that were set off inside the wedding venue. North Korea has expelled a U.S. soldier who was detained after crossing into that hermit kingdom a couple months ago. Travis King was taken into custody in July after bolting across the DMZ during a tour. He was facing a disciplinary hearing back in the States. California's gun laws are among the strictest in the nation. Now they're about to get even stricter. Governor Newsom has signed a series of bills that set standards for who can own guns and where they can be present. State Senator Anthony Portantino. Making sure that only an upstanding law-abiding citizen is entrusted with this awesome responsibility of having a gun permit 
will make us safer. Guns are no longer allowed in public places in California. The tax on guns and ammo will be doubling. The State Rifle and Pistol Associations filed suit, claiming the new statutes violate the Second Amendment. 25 years ago today, Google was born. It was September 27, 1998, that the internet search engine became reality. It started out as a PhD project at Stanford University. Today, Google is one of the most influential companies in all the world. Baseball's human vacuum has died. Great play by Robinson. Longtime Baltimore Orioles third baseman Brooks Robinson passed away yesterday. He redefined defense at the place they called the hot corner. Robinson's sizzling play happened during some of baseball's biggest moments, like the 1970 World Series. Would you believe that? guys in another world. The sure-handed Robinson won 16 gold gloves, the most of any position player in MLB history. He spent his entire 23-year Hall of Fame career with the Baltimore Orioles. Brooks Robinson was 86. Still to come on the Noon Report, what's the holdup in Harrisburg? Hochul defends Supreme Court end around and the move to eliminate gas-powered lawnmowers. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams calling for some sunshine for parts of the area this afternoon, but for others, stubborn clouds. I'll be back to detail that forecast and beyond. Coming up, we'll see you in 10 minutes. All right, see you then. Thank you, Kevin. News where you live next after a long summer break. The House is back in session in Harrisburg, but still no budget deal. The three-month fiscal impasse has much to do with Governor Shapiro's veto of a school choice bill. Republican Representative Tim O'Neill. There is very little trust in this building right now. Unfortunately, it's made it very difficult to negotiate anything of substance. It's a reflection of the partisan that we're seeing so much of across the Commonwealth. Democrat Paul Taycak. We're holding things up right now, and we're really harming the students, their families, the communities. Democrats accuse Republicans of using culture wars to block tuition assistance at state-run universities. Conservatives argue much of those taxpayer dollars go to fund controversial research and sex reassignment surgeries on transgender students. New York Governor Kathy Hochul vowing to defend the state's controversial concealed carry laws. Last year, the state legislature moved to uphold those laws after the U.S. Supreme Court struck them down. Hoko says she won't budge despite constitutional questions that are being raised by gun rights groups. I will not allow their recklessness to affect the safety of New Yorkers full stop. And we believe that our law is constitutional and will stand by it. Critics say Hochul and the state Democrats did an end around the Supreme Court ruling and have violated the Second Amendment rights of millions of New Yorkers. The state's strengthened concealed carry law limits where guns can go in public and contains new licensing and background checks. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has asked for an emergency hearing of the high court on October 6th to consider the constitutionality of the moves that were made in New York. A Gates New York man has been arrested on animal cruelty charges after more than 200 cats were removed from his home. Those cats were initially discovered over the summer after a concerned neighbor called police. Hoarding is is something that's not really against the law, but the care of the animals 
um, is what's against the law. Local code enforcement officer Reno D. Domenico, a total of 209 cats were taken to Lollipop Farm. Some of them had to be euthanized. That homeowner goes on trial next month. A Pennsylvania politician has proposed a plan to phase out gas-powered lawn equipment. Democrat Melissa Shusterman wants a zero-emissions lawn care task force to study the feasibility of ending the sale of gas-powered mowers, blowers, and trimmers in Pennsylvania. Critics contend that electric mowers cost more, have shorter run times, and are less powerful than those conventional mowers, which run on gasoline. Times are tough in New York, especially if you live away from the big city. Family Life's Jeremy Miller has results of a new report from the state comptroller on quality of life issues in rural communities. The report blames population loss, aging residents, worker shortages, and a lack of easy access to housing, health care, food, and broadband. Potential solutions include seeking federal funding for digital and broadband access, boosting tourism industries through outdoor recreation and agritourism, and increasing e-commerce and continuing education. The report said state plans for revitalization and rental assistance should help. The state has also set aside nearly $10 million for expanding rural health care access. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Once again, Rochester-based Wegmans has been rated as one of America's top grocery stores. It ranks 10th this year on the yearly list compiled by USA Today. That list is based on value, selection, and service. Wegmans has over 100 stores in eight states throughout the Northeast. Your midweek midday sports is next on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, it is the last week of the regular season in Major League Baseball and teams reaching the playoffs are starting to fall into place. The Phillies are in, punching their ticket to the postseason with a walk-off 3-2 victory over the Pirates. Johan Rojas laced an RBI single in the 10th to win it. The Milwaukee Brewers lost their game to the Cardinals 4-1, but the Brew Crew still won the National League Central crown because the Cubs lost. Atlanta came from behind to score twice in the eighth inning, and they beat the Cubbies 7-6. Chicago now just a half game ahead of Miami for the final wild card slot. The Marlins game with the Mets rained out, so they will play two today. The Reds a game and a half behind the Cubs after they beat Cleveland 11-7. The D-backs routed the White Sox 15-4 behind Christian Walker's two home runs and six RBIs. They are now a game ahead of the Cubs in the second wildcard spot. San Diego shut out the Giants 4-zip. Colorado split a pair with the Dodgers. 4-1, they won the first. They fell 11-2 in the second. Over in the American League, the Yankees shut out Toronto 2-zip, but the Astros could not take advantage of the Blue Jays' loss. Toronto still a game and a half up on Houston for the second wildcard spot. Seattle did take advantage because they're the ones who beat the Astros. 6-2. The Mariners now just a half game behind Houston in the final wild card race. Texas remains two and a half games ahead of the Astros. Three games up on the Mariners in the West. That despite losing to the Angels 9-3. And some sad news to report. Hall of Famer third baseman Brooks Robinson has passed away at the age of 86. 
That is a look at sports. All right, thank you very much, Randy. And still to come on the Noon Report for a Wednesday, a year in orbit. Debate night in California. And Trump takes on Detroit. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Not long ago, most non-Christians treated pornography as a harmless expression of sexual freedom. For half a century now, Hugh Hefner's Playboy philosophy has largely dominated, teaching people to wink at porn use. Children discovering a relative so-called stash became a popular trope on TV and in film and was played off for laughs. In the digital age, however, distribution and access became easier and the content grew darker. Finally, now more people seem to be admitting the content poses a life-altering danger on all who stumble across it, including and especially children. Back in 2021, singer-songwriter Billie Eilish confessed to being one of those children harmed by pornography. In an interview, she described her first encounter at age 11. Quote, I think it really destroyed my brain, and I feel incredibly devastated that I was exposed to so much, she said. The things she saw on screen gave her nightmares and led her to not saying no to things she would have refused in her own relationships. While Eilish has not been the only voice crying in the wilderness, in the wake of our collective reckoning with abuse and addiction, it's become clear that most children are introduced to sex through online pornography, and what they're encountering is like nothing that previous generations knew. For example, mainstream left-leaning publications like The Atlantic and The New York Times have recently featured essays grappling with the explosion of online pornography featuring children, and just how difficult it is to separate that illegal content from what many now view as the acceptable consensual kind. Anyone who is still attempting to tame or domesticate this content needs to wake up to the devastation it is inflicting on kids and teens. Recently at The Guardian, theater director Abby Wright described her project to discuss this topic in appropriate ways with 10,000 children and young adults. These kids, some as young as six, described a reality that's nothing like that one scene from Home Alone. Quote, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You see something and you reenact it. That's what I like because that's what I did. And that's what I did because that's what I saw, one young man said. The average age at which kids are first exposed to this content is now 12, and there are plenty of outliers. And according to Wright, many parents are just naive about this fact. Quote, whenever I mention to the parent of a child that age that many six-year-olds have seen pornography, they say, oh, my child hasn't. One teenager simply scoffed at that assumption and said this, if you put a phone in a child's hand, you're putting porn in a child's hand, end quote. A young man from London summed it up this way, quote, I think pornography is soul-sucking. People can't do anything else. I don't want to get to a point where I feel like I'm not me anymore. Look, porn in any form is a radical distortion of God's design for human relationships. It's an attempt to force something that is transcendent into an imminent box and to pretend that something that God intended to be thoroughly meaningful can just be made meaningless. But it cannot. Anytime something sacred is mocked and the image of God and all involved is denied, there will be victims. And now, a generation of young people are voicing their sorrow and their regret because of what we defended a generation ago as being so-called freedom and harmless fun. This was true when Hefner mainstreamed porn back in the 50s. It's even more true today. This means that we have to keep unsupervised devices out of unsupervised young hands. 
It'll be hard, but do it. And as a society, it's past time to end this systematic assault on young eyes. And now that so many seem to be finally quote-unquote getting it, maybe that opportunity's here. And to learn how you can join the cause, check out the terrific work of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation by visiting nsexualexploitation.org. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Thank you, John. Let's see what Kevin Williams is up to next at the Weather Center. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. A good deal of sunshine in central New York. Clouds stubbornly breaking for a little sun in parts of Pennsylvania. High temps generally 60s to around 70. Tonight the moon will shine for most. Clouds will still be stubborn though in parts of Pennsylvania. Low temps 40s and low 50s. Tomorrow some sun, but clouding up near Lake Erie with perhaps an afternoon shower. High in the 60s and near 70. On Friday, rather cloudy showers mainly in eastern Pennsylvania. High temps 60s and low 70s. Alright Kevin, thank you very much. Uh, I'm Bob Price. This is the Noon Report, folks, and we're glad you joined us today. Lots going on Wednesday, the 27th of September. Congress has just a few days left to avoid a government shutdown. If it happens, experts say it won't have a huge impact on the economy right away. Immediately, things like national parks get closed, minor headaches for people, but typically you don't have any major impact. That's economist Ray Perryman. He says the short-term effects are an inconvenience at most. Social Security payments will continue. Medicaid and Medicare will continue. Perriman says it takes several weeks to start creating headaches. It's primarily businesses that do business with the federal government or are part of that supply chain is where things begin to happen. He says if the shutdown lasts more than two weeks, well, that's when people start to sweat. If you did have one that lasted long enough to go through, say, a pay cycle, it would be your military payrolls. During the last government shutdown, Americans faced delays at the airports when air traffic controllers and TSA agents refused to show up for work. Hopefully, won't get to that point this time. North Korea today announced it was expelling an American soldier who darted over the border from the south a few months ago. The communist regime releasing Travis King into U.S. custody. He was about to face a disciplinary hearing when he crossed into the north back in July. A NASA astronaut who broke the record for the longest continuous space flight by an American is back on planet Earth. Touchdown confirmed at 6.17 a.m. Central Time. Rubio's record ride comes to an end. Mission Control with the play-by-play as Frank Rubio and two cosmonauts returned home aboard a Soyuz capsule. The uh, Russian words, yes, Posadka, they've landed and a greeting welcoming Frank Rubio back after his record-setting mission. Rubio had been floating in space for 371 days before landing this morning in Kazakhstan. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez arraigned this morning in federal court in Manhattan on federal bribery charges. His wife Nadine also facing prosecution. The powerful Democrat accused of accepting gold bars, cash, and a convertible in exchange for using his influence to help three New Jersey businessmen as well as the government of Egypt. Menendez refusing to resign he insists he is innocent of the charges. Seven candidates will take to the stage tonight for the second Republican presidential debate. This one happens in California, and like the first, it will not feature Donald Trump. He's in Michigan instead, showing solidarity with striking auto workers. Well, the UAW has never endorsed Donald Trump, and their president, Sean Fain, calls him part of the billionaire class. He counts many individual auto workers among his supporters. 
Some will be at the invitation-only event tonight at a non-union auto supplier. The event time to coincide with the second Republican presidential debate. Jeff Gilbert reporting more than 100 masked teenagers ransacked and looted stores in Philadelphia last night. They smashed and grabbed thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. The interim police commissioner says these were coordinated attacks. We were able to link some things on social media and see that there were some chatter about certain locations. I mean, we're investigating that there is possibly a caravan of a, a number of different vehicles that were going from location to location. A footlocker and an Apple store among the businesses plundered in downtown Philly because of the growing threat of organized retail theft. Target said today it'll be shutting down nine stores nationwide by the end of October. And what's going on with the president's dogs? A two-year-old German shepherd named Commander has bitten a Secret Service agent again for the 11th time. The Bidens had to get rid of their previous German shepherd named Major for a similar biting incident. The Secret Service is not responsible for handling the first family's pets, though they do often interact with them. You're listening to the Noon Report, a midweek edition on Family Life. This is Real Answers on Family Life, our Wednesday feature during the Noon Report, when we tackle the tough topics facing today's Christians and families with licensed mental health counselor Christopher Anderson. Today's topic is seeking happiness versus seeking joy. We're constantly hearing and seeing in the news that we are having a, this mental health crisis in our nation. And, you know, the numbers are staggering in terms of how many people are experiencing depression and anxiety disorders or addictions. And now loneliness is being recognized as a significant public health concern as well. So it's not hard to ask what is going on here. But because it's so much in our faces in the media and social media, we need to discuss it and, you know, look to God for answers. So as we get right into it, joy and happiness, those are two very different things in some ways. How do you define that difference? Well, Greg, they're often, again, used interchangeably, and they shouldn't be. To be happy is often what people say they want. Uh, most Americans will even say that they, quote, deserve to be happy. And, you know, car manufacturers, uh, cruise lines, clothing makers, etc. You know, anybody who has a product really will, will use this type of language to try to convince you that their products are going to make you happy and that you deserve them. Happiness is a feeling that is most, almost always circumstance dependent. Happiness is a fleeting emotion. When you go on a cruise or an amazing holiday vacation somewhere and you're so happy to get there and you're having a great time, but then it's time to go home and all of a sudden the happiness fades. Or when someone is in the middle of an extreme trial, that happiness is usually a little harder to come by. Talk with us about what joy really means. Joy is something that I think only comes for folks who have a really, quite honestly, a genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe really that joy that can last through the most horrible of trials. I don't really think that can be attained without a genuine relationship with Jesus. Joy is not an emotion, though it can seem that way at times. Joy is a deep-seated internal condition based on faith that our circumstances, though they may be extreme, cannot remove that joy. Okay, this is why someone can feel joyful even in the midst of grieving and suffering because their focus is fixed on something beyond their current circumstances. Remember, happiness is a condition of circumstance. Joy is beyond our circumstances, okay? It's based in our hope in Christ and hope in what we have, what is to come still. 
so that when we access the support that God provides us, this gives us the joy that other non-believers don't really have. Paul and the other apostles in the Bible, they went through a lot, yet they persisted. Yet Paul, again, he claimed that he learned to be content in any situation. Okay, so contentedness is a sign that there is real joy present. You know, Joseph from the Old Testament, he was sold into slavery. I mean, come on, who's going to be happy when you're being sold into slavery? I mean, the way he kept his focus allowed him to be joyful, which, again, look at the results. You know, the famine struck. God used this to reunite Joseph with his family, again, which also demonstrated forgiveness as well. Give us some practical steps if someone is struggling with this concept of finding a longing for joy. Well, first of all, I realize that you were in a very in very good company. Okay, if you're struggling with these concepts of, of being joyful in difficult circumstances, and you know, a quick conversation about this doesn't do the topic justice, of course. But so, just again, realize lots of people struggle with this. Secondly, realize that just because you aren't feeling like you're doing it right as a Christian, doesn't mean you're not a believer. Okay, this is not a works based performance here. Remember that. If you are truly saved and you're putting your full faith in Jesus Christ, then that's a done deal, and your salvation doesn't depend on your feelings one bit. But if you're not sure, okay, you know, seek conversation with your pastor, or if you're plugged into a good church somewhere, then talk to somebody that you trust there. Ask a friend or someone else that you trust who is a believer. Try not to feel subconscious about it either, all right? If you, if you feel self-conscious about it, it's going to probably keep you from doing that. And thirdly, if you realize, you know, whoa, I've been putting all my hope into, into somehow finding the right formula to make me happy, and I've not been able to find it, that, again, is a very common occurrence with everyone, for believers and non-believers alike. So try plugging into a Bible-believing church, get into a small study group or a home group of like-minded individuals where you can feel supported and not alone. You've been listening to Real Answers on Family Life with licensed mental health counselor Christopher Anderson. During the noon report on the radio and on our podcast page online, we tackle the tough topics that Christians and families face. I'm Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Thank you very much. Real Answers comes your way Wednesdays during the Noon Report. You can also catch it online at FamilyLife.org. A very good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Not much has changed on the weather map since last we spoke. Low pressure is still stubbornly swirling off the coast of Virginia. High pressure continues to build down slowly from southeastern Canada. The result? Pretty sunny afternoon in central New York. Stubborn clouds in parts of Pennsylvania. Our forecast for this afternoon, again, a good deal of sunshine in central New York. Some sunshine elsewhere in New York. Clouds stubbornly breaking for a little sun in parts of Pennsylvania. High temps, generally 60s to around 70. Tonight, the moon will shine for most. Clouds will still be stubborn, though, in parts of Pennsylvania. Low temps, 40s and low 50s. For tomorrow, some sun, but clouding up near Lake Erie with perhaps an afternoon shower. High in the 60s and near 70. On Friday, rather cloudy showers, mainly in eastern Pennsylvania. High temps, 60s and low 70s. All right, Kevin, thank you. Finally at noon today. Another escapee on the loose in Pennsylvania, but this definitely won't be a high speed chase. You see, residents in the eastern part of the Commonwealth are being asked to keep a lookout for a tortoise. Yeah, that's right, a tortoise. It got loose from a veterinary clinic again. It's the third time this guy is broken out. Family Life's Terry Diener. The Mahoning Valley Animal Hospital in Lehighton said in a Facebook post that Tank, a tortoise belonging to veterinarian Mike Nelson, escaped from 
famous outdoor pen outside the clinic. Megan McFarland, a veterinary technician at the animal hospital, told WNEP-TV that Tank may have caught wind that Dr. Mike was going to bring him in for the season, and he just decided he was going to make a slow crawl through a hole in the fence that he apparently plowed through. He just decided he was going to hightail it and go on an adventure. Tank was found close by in his previous escapes, including a two-week disappearance. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Somebody get a GPS bracelet for this guy. Tank the tortoise on the loose again in Pennsylvania. Let's hope they catch him soon. And that's the world we live in Wednesday, September 27th. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.